You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 46. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Welcome back to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for creative entrepreneurs who want to leverage their talents, their skills, their passions to create their own opportunities. And I do that every single week on this show through inspiring interviews with amazing guests, and then I share bits and pieces of my own journey. Before we jump into today's episode, I just need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a day planner with vision, encompassing everything you need to successfully achieve your goals. It seamlessly blends goal setting, visualization, planning your day-to-day, and regular review to help you get from idea to done. To learn more about The Visionary Journal, you can visit visionaryjournal.co. This episode is also brought to you by The Fear Guide. Silence your fear and take action. If the chorus of fear is regularly singing you out of your dreams, you need to grab this short, jam-packed read full of exercises that will help you quiet your fear long enough to take the next small step. To grab a copy or to download it, you can visit thefearguide.com. Today is just me on the mic, and actually, this is going to be the last show of 2018 because next week is Christmas, and I'm pretty sure you're either going to be doing family things or you just want to chill out. I want to chill out. And more importantly, I want to give people a chance to catch up because when you do a weekly show, you start to notice that people fall off. And I get that feedback. Like, I love when you have breaks because it allows me to catch up. And so I'm going to gift that to you, the break. That's my gift for you this holiday season is that you get a break and you can catch up or not. You can just rest. It's up to you. But yeah, this will be the last show of 2018. And I'm super excited because this show is also going to be my 2018 recap. The show is going to be broken up into basically three parts. My top five things that happened this year, less than stellar things, or basically my feelings about how things went. And then finally, I'm going to wrap it up with where we're headed for 2019. Because I think if you're going to be a visionary, The whole point of being a visionary is having vision, foresight into what you want in the future. And so we're just going to lay that all out on the line today on today's show, because this year has been interesting and we'll get into the specifics in a little bit, but it's been somewhat of a, I think a quiet year. I have a new community that I launched a few weeks ago, about two weeks ago, Star Chasers United, and I asked people to give me their top three words, how they would describe this year. And I chose quiet and comfortable. I couldn't even come up with a third word. (laughs) But those two words really embody how I feel about this year. Pretty spot on. And I think that having a year and being an entrepreneur, someone who's creative, who's always creating things, who always has plans in the works, It feels a little weird to describe a year as quiet and comfortable because usually it's like balls to the walls madness and there's some stress mixed in there and it's definitely never quiet. And um, 
I don't know. I'm still reflecting on my feelings about that. And I've been kind of having a quiet end of the year. This is usually a really, really busy time for me. I'm usually in the throes of producing the coming year's visionary journal. And it feels weird to have like this downtime now because I'm not actually actively producing a visionary journal for 2019. I don't worry (laughs) if you want one. I have plenty of the galaxy versions available, but I'm not in the middle of a production run. So it's weird to have this time of year come up and I'm not freaking out or constantly checking email or having to do production meetings, like none of those things. So it's now I see like, wow, that's really taken over my holiday season the last couple of years trying to manage and maintain that. And it feels actually pretty nice, even though it's it's a little weird to feel like I have so much time, but it feels really nice to be able to ease into the season, ease into my plans for 2019 and give myself space to dream and scheme and think about what I want for this brand and this podcast and this new community in the coming year. But those things aside, let's talk about the top five things from this past year. And I I narrowed it down to five things and I actually brainstormed a list and I had more than five things, but they weren't all business and or brand related. So I decided to leave the non-business brand related things off and just focus on my top five things that I'm really happy about the highs of this past year. And so the number one thing was I successfully manufactured the visionary journal Galaxy overseas. And that, my friends, is kind of a big deal. So I'm going to feel excited and toot my horn a little bit here because that is something that I had been wanting to do for the longest time, but I was so afraid. And it, it was kind of like a like a, I don't know how to describe it, but there was some fear attached to it. And then there was some guilt attached to it because one of the things that I really wanted when I started out with a visionary journal and I decided I was going to get it commercially produced, I really wanted a planner that was made in the U S that was very important to me. And it, it is something that's still important to me, but let me explain to you how we got to overseas. (laughs) So I have been working this. So I made the very first commercial run for the Visionary Journal in August of 2015. Actually, it was the summer of 2015. I received them in August and I was over the moon, of course. But there were things about it that I just wasn't happy with. I was working with a a local print company, one of the biggest ones in my area, and everything about that experience was fantastic. I don't think I would have been able to pull off producing a planner overseas so seamlessly and so easily had I not had experience doing a production run locally and under, learning how commercial printing works and getting an understanding of files and all of these things because I am pretty much for the most part a one-woman show. So anything that you have received from me is something that I have created or touched or had my hand in in some way. I'm a very hands-on person in this brand. And so that production run involved a lot of production meetings, sampling, trying to be clear on what I wanted. And they did a phenomenal job, but there were a few really, really important things to me that we just could not get. One of those being 
a true hardcover. I really, really, really wanted us to have a true hardcover for my planner. It's something that I went to every single production meeting requesting, and we went through a lot of different iterations of how we could make that possible, but we couldn't actually get to like a case board hard planner cover. I tried. I tried so hard. (laughs) And we end up coming up with like the plastic overlay, which was fine. But then I realized that wasn't as durable as I liked it. So we went to a heavier one. And that actually, the heavier one actually worked out pretty well. But there were just so many things. The hardcover being the main thing that I really wanted. I wanted a true pocket. I wanted tabs, monthly tabs, because if you have a year-long planner, it kind of sucks to not have monthly tabs, especially since the planner is undated. It, it makes it hard to find your place. So there were just things that my local commercial printer could not provide. And we even considered going outside, like partnering with another print company because they're large enough that they have partners and there's all kinds of stuff they do there. But we couldn't make it happen. And we couldn't make it happen in a way that was affordable. So, you know, I I did two full runs with them. They produced the planners after the Kickstarter. But I just was never really fully satisfied with that. And I decided to explore other options. And I feel like the perfect set, like the stars perfectly aligned because I got an email from a print company overseas I deleted it. (laughs) They followed up. And I did some investigation myself to see if this was legit. I ordered a sample. Like everything was so seamless. And that's how I knew like, okay, I'm supposed to move forward with this because there was zero, like zero resistance there. The only thing that I had to figure out was like, okay, how am I going to pay for this? And then the next thing was, okay, I'm producing something overseas. How am I going to get it through customs? But that process was actually pretty seamless too. And I I think I go into detail about this in a previous episode, so I'm not going to spend too much time here, but I have to, I'll add it to the show notes, but I do have episode about how to do product manufacturing. But anyway, all that to say, I figured it out and it took about three months, but in January of this year, I got the full production run of the Visionary Journal Galaxy. So this highlight is kind of like a 2017, a 2018 highlight because it crossed over the the end of that year and the beginning of this year. But I couldn't be more thrilled. Like it looks exactly as I imagined it. It's everything that I wanted the planner to be the very first time that I produced it. And I produced, the, I created the planner exactly as I wanted it. The first time I went with a black planner because I felt like that was neutral and people would like that. But I really wanted a galaxy wild and crazy planner because if you know me, I'm not subtle, I'm not quiet, and I don't want my planner to be either. So that is like one of the highest highs of this year. Going to pick up those planners that day was like amazing. And also, I freaking learned how to manufacture something overseas, which is a valuable skill. And I'm pretty darn excited about that. (laughs) So that is Number one. Number two is I wrote the fear guide and I taught it twice as a workshop. And this is another 
thing that I have a full podcast episode. So I'll have all of this inside of the show notes. But the fear guide, as I told you guys in that episode that I did all about this, my creative process, I wrote that in three days. I formatted it. I sent it off. And in that same week, I booked the first opportunity to talk about it in front of a group of people. And it was amazing. And the feedback has been amazing. And since then, I've taught it twice. I taught it at Feminist Summer Camp, the compact camp in August. And then I taught it again in October in Miami at a space called Tribe. And both of these, again, were really effortless situations. Like the compact camp, I was already booked to speak on something else. And I sent them the PDF of the fear guide and they loved it so much. They were like, all right, we're going to work this in and we want you to teach this instead. And then with the speaking engagement in Miami, I taught this as a workshop at a co-working space. And it's because one of our previous guests, Felicia Hatcher, she now has a co-working space down in Miami. And I had made a comment on Facebook about the fear guide. And she was like, would you teach it in Miami? And I was like, yes. I don't think she actually remembered that she posted that. So when I reached out to her via email, we went back and forth a few times, but then she was like, yes, holy, let's do it. And I went and taught it. So this is, again, one of my proudest or highest things of this year because it just wasn't expected. And even now, the the things that I have literally so many tweets and text messages and emails, and I have a few video messages. One of my friends, she got me hooked on Marco Polo. I When I logged on to Marco, Marco Polo is this app that you can send short video messages to people. And I really like it. I use it all the time now. But at the time, she kept on telling me to download it and I wasn't. But when I finally did, I was greeted with two video messages about how much she loved it. So needless to say, like the fear guide has been everything I did not know this brand needed. And it's still kind of a, it's guiding me. And you'll see what I mean when we talk about where we're headed towards the end, but it's, it's something I'm super proud about. And I now have been thinking about like, okay, what's next? Like, what am I going to write? Cause I call it a tiny book, even though people show a little bit of frustration because they feel like I shouldn't diminish it, but it is a small book. I mean, it's like, it's small. It's not a full length chapter book, but I think that's what makes it powerful. It's small and mighty. You can read it probably in about 30 minutes if you just power through. But um, I've been thinking a lot about what's next and I have an idea for a book book. So I am figuring out how to put that into my plans for next year, but we'll see. We'll circle back to that next year. Number three, I hired team members. Okay, so I mentioned a few minutes back that I am mostly a one woman shop and I still am. But this year I brought on another VA. I had one at the beginning of the year who was really great, but we parted ways and I spent months trying to figure out like, well, how am I going to find somebody else to do the work? And I brought on a podcast editor in August. And that was a big deal because up until August, I had been editing all of these shows by myself. And even though that's been fine and it's been economical, it was making podcasting really exhausting to have to do all of the things. And so I brought somebody on and I have a podcast editor. Her name is Erin. 
She's great. If you want her information, email me because I know she does still take on clients, but she's been great. And it's always so funny to me because I am a person who does everything on the computer. And so I don't actually know that much about my podcast editor and she'll probably laugh out loud when she hears this. Uh, She was recommended in a podcasting group that I'm in. I reached out. We sent a few emails back and forth. I told her what I was looking for. I showed her the behind the scenes of like how I have everything organized and how I wanted the show to be edited. And she said, okay. And that's, it's been fine. (laughs) And it's also funny to me to have somebody working as a virtual team member that I don't even know what they sound like. I don't know what they look like. It doesn't matter because I'm totally fine with that, but it always kind of cracks me up how as millennials, even as old millennials, because I consider myself to be an old millennial, um, how we are so comfortable with doing things via email and never having to talk with people live. But yeah, I brought on Aaron to edit my podcast. And then I brought on Allie, who is my virtual assistant. If you're in Star Chasers United, you might see her pop in there from time to time. And that's been really great too. Um, Also, I have her for double the time that I had my previous VA. So that's been nice trying to figure out how to hand off more non-essential tasks to someone else to complete so that I can focus more on the important things. But I am really excited about that. I have like a small team and that feels really good. And that feels like growth and progress in, in business. And I know it's something that we've always aspired to as business owners to bring on other people. So I, I feel really good about that. One thing I would like to do is bring on another team member sometime next year to help with community management, but I'm not there yet. So for the time being, I have two virtual people who helped me out with some of the work here. And it's been, it's been great. It really is. It's great to record a podcast and then drop it off in Google drive and tag Aaron and Asana, let her know there's audio there and keep it moving. And then Allie swoops in and she puts everything where it's supposed to go. So I'm trying to get the podcast to the point where I only have to do the recording and someone else handles all the other people, even booking the show guests. So Stay tuned. I'm working up to that. In the same vein, number four is also podcast related. Pimp Your Brilliance had its one year anniversary. So our anniversary is May 10th. So May 10th, 2017 was when Pimp Your Brilliance went live for the very first time. And it has been a little bit of a wild ride. Podcasting, as I've said many times, and I have episodes on the ins and out of podcasting and things I didn't know, my, my thoughts and reflections after your podcasting, it's still a beast. I think it's a really great medium to record content and it can be quick if you are quick, <laughs> but also it can be exhausting because there is a lot of work and micro steps in podcasting. I don't necessarily think it's easier than blogging. It just may not be as technical because to edit a blog, you're editing words and not audio, but it's just as many steps and just as much work. But a year in, I feel really good actually where you're in half in now. I feel really good about it. The last couple of months, I've been seeing some amazing growth, which has been great since I brought on Aaron. I've seen some amazing growth. So that's really encouraging because for a while I was feeling things were kind of stagnant and stale, but I still enjoy doing it. 
I feel more comfortable doing solo shows, which I have not been comfortable doing the solo shows. I usually script them out. I have really detailed notes, but I'm actually doing this show with just the outline of the top points and everything else is off the cuff. So this is growth people because normally I would have word for word already written out. I used to write my scripts like a blog post and then try to read them to you. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been a year and I still feel good about it. And we're going to continue. Number five, I launched Star Chasers United. And this is a newer development. I actually had something else here, but this is a newer development. And I feel like it should be in the top five because it ties into other things. And it's something that is over eight months in the making. So Star Chasers United, if you haven't heard about it, is a community for people who have big goals and ideas, but struggle to make them happen, aka the star chasers of the world. These are the people who have big dreams, but they're struggling to do them. And I'm really big on trying to help people go from dreamer to doer. So having a private community felt like a next logical step. I don't really love social media. And if you've been paying attention to episodes this year, I've talked a lot about my struggles and trying to reconcile how I want to handle social media. And I've just decided I'd rather throw that energy and effort and strategy into a space that I own and control and it's not run by algorithms and Facebook. So I put a community together at StarChasersUnited.com. It's not on Facebook. It's hosted on a separate platform. It's called Mighty Networks. It's great. There's a little bit of a learning curve to figure out how to navigate it because it organizes information better than places like Facebook do. But I feel really happy that we have this together. We did our first community-wide chat. It was a text chat, so nobody had to have the awkwardness of being on camera or trying to look their best because nobody could see you. And it was great. I had a great time. I have super duper huge plans for this community in the coming year. And we're just getting started. So if you are not in Star Chasers United, I invite you to skedaddle over there. StarChasersUnited.com. You can sign up. It's free to join. So do it. You don't have any excuses. Okay, so that was my top five. Those are the top five things that I feel were the highs of this year, that I feel most proud of, that I feel were noteworthy enough to share as the highlights of this year. But now we need to go to the flip side. And I originally was calling this disappointments, but no, I don't want to use that word because that that word seems too negative. So we're going to call these less than stellar things. So these are less than stellar things that happened this year and or reflections of this year. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, like I said, this year was, I described it as quiet and comfortable. And this is where we're going to dive in a little bit more into why I said that. So the first thing is, I feel like I stayed way too comfortable this year. I think that it's very, very easy to get yourself into a rut when you have certain things in your business that happen. For example, with me and having the Visionary Journal be something like a physical product that I have a production run and all of these things attached to it, it's easy to feel like something worked once and it's always going to work that way and you don't have to do that much. And I think I fell into that trap. 
I stayed too comfortable. I didn't push too hard. I did all the things that were familiar because they worked previously and that seemed like a good strategy. But the internet, creative entrepreneurship, just being online in general is always changing. There's not really room to stay comfortable. If you stay comfortable for too long, you'll become irrelevant and people will stop checking for you because it's that that whole saying of like, you're only as good as your, your last, I don't know what your last what, your last hit, your last product, your last launch. Like people forget we have short attention spans. Of course, you'll have people in your brand who like you, who follow you, and they'll che- they'll stay checking on you. But it's really hard to grow. And if you're not taking risks, if you're not tr- actively trying things, if you're not failing forward, you are too comfortable and your brand will suffer. And I think that that is very true and it, it has happened, which brings me to my second point. I just feel like things overall just became very stagnant because I stayed so focused on what had worked and not really pushing or trying to do new things. It was it was comfortable and things just didn't blossom the way that I wanted it to. And that's a little bit disappointing. My word of the year this year was flourish. And I think in my personal life, I flourished, <laughs> but not so much in my business and my brand the way that I wanted to. And that's just a result of doing the same old, same old and not trying very hard and just letting things just kind of be what they're going to be. Now on the, the flip side of that, it's not all bad because as I said, like in my personal life, I feel like I had less stress. I had better boundaries with my family, which is something that has been a huge work in progress for me. I'm not very good with boundaries. I'm the person, I'm the sibling that's like, okay, I'm going to make everything right. I'm going to make everything peaceful. I'm going to try to do everything for everybody. I was getting really exhausted being that person for everyone. So in that respect, I feel like I did a great job and I pushed back and I made sure my boundaries were intact. And in that sense, my personal life and my relationship with my family members have flourished, but I have not seen those same types of growth and flourishing in my business the way that I want it to. Another less than stellar thing is I didn't stay focused and consistent with the visionary journal, especially with the galaxy one, because it was so, it was everything that I wanted. And I put so much energy and effort into making it perfect and getting it over here. And then I was just like, great, it's here. Uh, Some of that was just, I think I, I lost some momentum and steam because I didn't get them until the late part of January. And when you have a planner, you're really supposed to be pushing planners like around October at the latest and having a planner that people weren't going to receive until after the start of the year. It's a little rough, even if your planner is undated and people can pick it up at any point in the year. Still, they don't want to wait. They want to start the year fresh and ready to go. And because of that, I just didn't really push it as hard as I could have. Therefore, I didn't need to do another production run this year because I still had a good amount of them left. So that's that's something that I've been thinking about in hindsight. And I, I plan to 
focus more on that in the coming year. Um, Specifically, being consistent, showing people how to use it, giving more tips and tricks and behind the scenes into how I use it and how it works for me and how it even works for people in my community because I get a lot of great feedback from it. And if you use it, I promise you the system works. There's a method to my madness. I'm telling you, it might seem crazy and it, it may seem a little beastly to set up, but there's definitely a method to my madness. So those were my three less than stellar things. I didn't choose five because I don't like to dwell on things that don't, that are, I won't call it a negative, but I don't like to dwell on the downside of things because I'm always trying to figure out, okay, how can I flip that into a silver lining? Which brings me to part three, which is where we're headed. And I think this is the part that feels the most promising because it's future focused. And I love big picture, thinking about the future, getting excited and hype about what's to come. And so this, I think, is what I'm most excited to talk about, which is where we're headed. And the first thing is I am switching my focus and placing a lot of emphasis on community. And you would think after having a brand for all these years, that would be my focus. And I think on some level, it always has been my focus. I just haven't been sure how to best build a community space when I didn't feel like we had a place to gather, (laughs) which is why Star Chasers United was so important. And I really wanted to push that out there and I wanted to make it free because I I just am not going to be a person who's trying to build this huge community on any social network. And it's like, how do you have a podcast and you have all of these great things you have going on, like Visionary Journal, things where people are consuming and or using your content, but you don't have a place for them to gather. It's really hard. And having people gather on Instagram, yeah, that's great. I would love for people to share pictures and comment, but it didn't feel like the best place. And having a podcast, I want to have conversations with people in real time. And it's hard to do that. I mean, I could send you back to my website and say comment on a post, but it doesn't feel the same. And there's some stop gaps there. So launching Star Chaser United, I think, is going to be the bridge that I was looking for and the bridge that I think people in the community have been looking for. Because I get a lot of feedback about people wanting to connect in real time and they want to connect with other members of the community and find like-minded people in their area and form friendships and all of these things. And so a lot of my focus is on us as a community, not just me. I am the leader of the community. I'm the face of Keep Chasing the Stars, but the community is all of us. And I think Star Chasers United is a great place for us to gather and set up as our home base. So a lot of focus is going to be on community. And I am brainstorming ways and scheming ideas for how to make the community people powered. I think that's going to be one of the big parts of it is Star Chasers United is a people powered community. And I'm trying to come up with ways for people to engage and interact and connect and, and form stronger connections as a whole. So that was number one. Number two, I am working on increasing my visibility and I plan to do that by pitching myself for more opportunities. I would really like to speak in more places. 
I have a lot of thoughts on a lot of things, but specifically a lot of thoughts around fear, around vision, around planning that I would really like to share and find other platforms for this. And I know that that all comes back to pitching yourself because if you just didn't wait for people to come to you, the growth happens so much slower than if you just went out and did the work and brought people to you. So I have been working on this with my VA and she's been researching places. I've been writing pitch letters and templates and things of that nature. And we have, we're putting together like a a spreadsheet of places that we want to reach out to and see if I can be featured on podcasts or at different events. So if you know of any events, if you know of podcasts that you would love to hear me on, let me know. Better yet, if it's a podcast, tweet that person or email that person and let them know you want me on the show. But also let me know because I'll reach out myself and see what I have to do to get on the show or if they're interested in having me on. So that's that's a big thing. And the last thing is opening up more opportunities and ways for people to work with me, whether it's coaching or it's group coaching or in-person events. I started taking on a small handful of one-on-one clients the last couple of months, and it's been going fairly well. I'm a person who really kind of likes to work by themselves because I can move at the pace that I want to move at, and that works really well for me, but I do know that people would like to coach with me, and it's always something that I get requests for, and a lot of times I just turn it down. But I decided to just say yes and take on a couple of people and it's gone really well. We're seeing lots of growth and lots of progress. And I realize working one-on-one with people, whether it's just them or it's in small group settings, helps me achieve one of my missions, which is helping people pimp their brilliance and create a business that not only thrives, but allows them to do what they really like and what they love and lean into their genius zone. And I am able to do that much faster by working with people one-on-one versus webinars or low-cost products and guides. These are still things that I plan to offer because I do know that coaching is an investment and everyone is not ready to make that level of investment. But for those of you who are, check out the website. I have a few spots left uh, for the remainder of this year, and I will be putting together a group coaching program that will start in February of 2019. So if that's something that interests you, by all means, email me, jump in the group, let me know that you're interested, and I'll put you on the wait list for when that opens. But that those things feel really good for me. As far as plans for 2019, because I realize, I mean, if you, if I want any of the things that I want to happen, I want to write a, a full length book. I want to do in-person events. I want to do some type of a short conference or a weekend retreat. I want to take the fear guide on the road. All these things that I want to do require community. They require me to increase my visibility and pitch myself for opportunities. And they require me to stand in my expertise and not be afraid of showing off 
my brilliance. And so I feel like I'm in a really great place to be starting off 2019 with this this level of clarity and recognizing, okay, here are the things that you need to do. And I think even more so, here are the things that the community is requesting that you do. And so all of that feels really great. I feel very inspired and optimistic about what the next year holds. And I hope that you do too. Mostly, I hope that you join Star Chasers United. I can't say that enough because, as I said, I have big plans for that community and what I'd like to see and how I would like to help and connect people. But yeah, these are my reflections of 2018. The good, the less than stellar, and then a glimpse into what's to come in the next year. I would love to know the same for you. What do you think your top five things for this past year were? What were some less than stellar things that you need to work on? And where do you see yourself headed? I would love to know all of those things. You can answer those questions inside of the the Star Chasers United community. There'll be a post specifically with these questions in there for you to comment and for us to discuss it. But yeah, I think that this pretty much wraps it up. This is this is what I have for you guys this week. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there will not be any episodes for the remainder of December. I'll pick things back up in January. So in the meantime, I'd like to say happy holidays, happy new year, stay safe. I'm so thankful every single time I see the download numbers for a show go up because that means you are listening you are consuming this content that I am making for you and I appreciate it. I appreciate you for showing up, not only for me here on the show, but also for yourself, taking the time to listen and try to grow and get better. So happy holidays, guys. I will see you guys on the other side, basically 2019. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.